This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 1st, 2023. The Resistance Complacency. Good morning, Connection Church. So good to be here with you. You know, we've been away for, seems like a really long time. Seems like was, most of September. It was eight but... days, been down to Houston, a conference we went to, which was very enjoyable, very spiritually based, and also some time with our daughter and her family. It was most enjoyable, but I'll tell you what, 65 here beats 95 there. Oh my goodness, it was hot. It was hot. Plus, it's always good to come home. I've got a praise report, though. I had some surgery, uh, cataract surgery Friday, and man, God took care of that. I can see every one of you, each and every one of you coming through clearly now. Yeah, yeah. So it's good to be back. It's good to be with you this morning here, there, wherever you might be. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks so much for being here today. Our mission here at Connection is connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers. So last week, as Alan said, we were in Houston and it was Saturday night and we were really nice and relaxed and just kind of hanging out with, with family. And our colleague, Reverend Connie Hastings, who was supposed to preach, called me at 8.30 Houston time, which meant 9.30 Eastern time, and said she was sick. And it's like, oh my gosh, what in the world are we gonna do? Like. We didn't have a plan B. Well, God did, but we did not have a plan B. So Alan and I went back and forth for about an hour as were we gonna like write, rewrite the sermon? Were we gonna film it on the iPhone? Where, what were we going to do? At 10.30 p.m., I texted George Wicks, said, hey, are you up? That'll teach you to keep your phone on after, after nine o'clock. And he said yes, and I called him. And I explained what was going on. And George said, okay, let me call you back at 11, and I'll tell you what the Lord has you know, given me. At 11 o'clock, a half an hour later, he, had, he said, I'm gonna use the same, you know, what was I thinking? Of course, what was he thinking when he said yes? And then he, you know, Adam and Eve, he depended on the Lord, wrote the outline out, Barina had it by midnight. And he, George, you gave an incredible message last mm -hmm. week. I, I was like blown away. And it, a couple things came to mind. First of all, your willingness to serve and to do whatever you're, you're called on, and you know you, you teach on Wednesday nights here, and it's great. But also, your knowledge of the Bible didn't just happen with that sermon. You have had a lifetime of study in the Word, and you were able to bring this in, and this in, and this in, just because you know God's Word. And that's a test. That's for all of us. We need to know God's Word so that we can draw on it when we need to. So thank you. We were blessed. And there might be another time in the future. So. He'll know better next time than answer his phone, though. Yeah. 
we were going to put a, a caller ID blocker or something. Yeah. There. You're usually asleep by nine, so the Lord just kept you awake. <laughs> Carrie calls me at 1030 at night. Uh, time to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. All right, let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made, a day that we get to be a part of. It's a gift. Settle us in wherever we are, whether we're online, in our homes, whether we're right here. Remove any distractions so that we can have some laser focus on you. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so for the month of October, we are beginning a new sermon series, and we are calling it The Resistance. The Resistance. Now, when you hear that, your, might, your mind might go to a small secretive military force called The Resistance. How many minds went there? Some of you. If you're, if you're Star Wars fans, there you go. That's not where we're going today. <laughs> no. Where we are going is we are looking at ways that we resist God. We resist God through our words, through our actions, through our thoughts. The resistance that we're talking about has been going on almost since the beginning of time. George talked about this last week with Adam and Eve, they not only listened to Satan rather than God, but they ignored the creator, ignored his words, ignored the instructions, and they listened to the words of the liar instead. They ate the fruit and they fell from grace. They even resisted God's call when he came looking for them in the garden. Of course, he knew where they were, but he wanted them to acknowledge where they were. And so they hid, or at least they tried to, and God said, where are you? What about us? Do we hide? Are there times when we think we can hide even from God? And God asks us, where are you? Where are you? Good question for us. Mm-hmm. So our resistance to God has many faces, and we'll be looking at uh, some of those over the next five weeks. The face we're looking at this morning is the face of, face of com complacency. Say complacency. complacency. Very good, complacency. You know, in everyday life, complacency means a feeling of, of, of smugness or uncritical satisfaction with oneself and one's achievements. To be complacent is to be so self-satisfied with your own abilities or situation that you feel you don't have to try any harder. It's feeling that things are okay as they are, and there's no reason to make them better. Complacency is not laziness. Laziness is an unwillingness to work or exert any energy, while complacency is being satisfied with where one is, satisfied with yourself and your achievements. It's self-satisfaction that leads to automatically and mindlessly following routines. So if we look up synonyms for complacency, we get an interesting list. Words like vanity, ego, pride, self-satisfaction, smugness. Interesting that 
um, there are two types of complacency. Complacency driven by success and complacency driven by failure, the lack of success. In both cases, one is satisfied with their level of success, whether it's a lot or not enough. Complacency is an attitude. It's an attitude that develops when we enjoy prolonged comfort. Now, comfort is not a bad thing. But when we get so comfortable, so self-satisfied and smug about our own well-being that we're clueless about what dangers are ahead, that becomes complacent. For instance, in, in a marriage, in our, in our marriage, when I am not paying attention to uh, maybe what's important to Alan and ask him, hey, how are, tell me about your favorite Eagles player or, <laughs> or I'll sit down and watch a game with him or when I lack manners. You know, it's important to have good manners with your partner. When I kind of take him for granted and we take people for granted, that can become a form of complacency. And it actually can lead to a very unhappy and unhealthy relationship. Just an example of complacency. Hmm. So what's that have, all that have to do with us here this morning? Well, check out what A.W. Tozer, who was a preacher and an author uh, in the early part to the mid part of the 20th century, here's what he had to say. He said, complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. Acute desire must be present or there will be no manifestation of Christ to his people. He wants to be wanted. Yeah, Jesus does not force himself on us. He doesn't, he, he waits to be invited. He wants to be wanted. Too bad that with many of us, he waits so long, so very long in vain. Ouch. Complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. So I remember counseling someone, this is a long time ago now, and he said, he told me that reading the Bible, he was bored. The Bible bored him. He said he had already read it once and that he got everything out of it that he needed. And I, like, oh, my gosh, that felt so terrible to hear. Now, absolutely, there are times when we read the Word of God and we don't understand it, or we might be distracted, or we might not be tuned in. That happens a lot. But to say, I am bored with the Word of God? Who? That's like saying, I'm bored with Jesus. I'm bored with what God's done for me. Wow, there's a saying that says this, Jesus loves you just as you are, but too much to leave you there. And so spiritual complacency is being okay with just how we are and not wanting to grow in our relationship. Jesus saves us, but he wants us to get closer and closer to him. It's a spiritual journey, and that can only happen through active participation on our part.
Jesus is working, but we need to join him, searching Jesus, searching his word, spending time in prayer, accepting the relationship of, accepting the invitation of the relationship, not just once, but every single day. The invitation to be in relationship with God the Father, Jesus Christ, his Son, and the Holy Spirit. Complacency involves pride, and that is contrary to everything that God says mm. in the Holy Word. Pastor and author Jim Renke in a blog entitled Four Signs of Spiritual Complacency shares this. Spiritual complacency is a dangerous spiritual condition. It leaves us vulnerable to the spiritual dangers around us. It leads to apathy and sometimes outright rejection of Christ and his word. And then Reverend Renke follows this uh, by referring to Revelation, third chapter, verses 14 to 22, section of Revelation where John, the one who transcribes Revelation from a vision that God gave him, takes that vision and puts it on paper, John's told to write a letter to the church at Laodicea, a church that was apparently complacent. This is what John writes in uh, Revelation 3, 15 to 17. And this is the message version. We're using that today because uh, I think it, uh, the, the paraphrase works well with what we're talking about today. I, Jesus, know you inside and out and find little to my liking. This is to the church at Laodicea. You're, you're, you're not hot. You're not cold. You're not hot. Far better to be either cold or hot. You're stale. You're stagnant. You make me want to vomit. You brag, I'm rich. I've got it made. I need nothing from anyone. Oblivious that, in fact, you're a pitiful, blind beggar, threadbare, and homeless. Lukewarm equals complacency. And Jesus doesn't care for either one. And so we're going to share these four signs of complacency from Ranke because they're simple and practical, yet they really are spiritually deep and powerful. They're easy to discuss and understand for you to talk about with others. And you can revisit our website and, and get this again or listen again if you need to to be reminded of what these four signs are. It's not an you know, exhaustive list, but here we go. First sign of spiritual complacency. We view ourselves higher than what God determines to be true. <laughs> so being spiritually complacent, we think we're doing okay. Just like we are, just where we're at, I'm okay. When we compare to others, we think we're fine. When we consider past failures, we feel success. But here's the thing. We're making the wrong comparison when we compare ourselves to others. We're not to compare to those around us. Uh, re remember the counseling conversation Carrie had, she mentioned a few minutes ago. You know, that guy was pretty proud of himself, wasn't he, when he was comparing to those around him. You know, other people his age hadn't read the Bible yet, and he had. And you know, our heart aches when we figure how high he was uh, valuing himself spiritually compared to others around him. 
Because see, here's the thing, our, our model, our mentor, our measure isn't those around us, it's always Jesus Christ. That's the only measure we have, Jesus Christ and his holiness. Now the question is, how you measure up? <laughs> how you measure up against Jesus? In the book of Luke, Jesus gives us an example of the kind of complacency we're talking about here. This is Luke 18, 9 through 14 again from the message. Jesus, he, Jesus, told his next story to some who were completely, who were complacently pleased with themselves. Catch that? Complacently pleased with themselves over their moral performance and looked down their noses at the common people. And this is what Jesus shares. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a taxman. And remember, in those days, the taxmen were despised. They were considered great sinners because they took more than the tax to pad their own pockets. That's how they got paid, by what they could get. So they were despised by the population. The Pharisee posed and prayed like this, Oh God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, crooks, adulterers, or heaven forbid, like this tax man. I fast twice a week and tithe on all my income. Meanwhile, the tax man slumped in the shadows, his face in his hands, not daring to look up, said, God, give mercy, forgive me, a sinner. Jesus commented, this tax man, not the other, went home and made right with God. If you walk around with your nose in the air, you're going to end up flat on your face. <laughs> but if you're content to be simply yourself, you will become more than yourself. So, the first was we view ourselves higher than what God determines to be true. And the second sign is we live in an attitude of self-sufficiency. An attitude of self-sufficiency. Spiritual complacency means that I can handle everything myself. I can take care of myself. Thank you very much. You just sort of stay out. And that even includes God. God, I got it. I got it. It includes saying... I don't think I need any guidance from the Holy Spirit. I'm okay. That kind of self-reliant attitude is just the opposite of what God teaches us in the Bible. Proverbs 3, this is a, a, a favorite scripture for many of us. Again, this is the message paraphrase. It describes... Um, how our hearts should be aligned. Would you say this with me? Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Amen. <laughs> amen, amen. And so the third sign of complacency we are comfortable in the culture in which we live. A follower of Jesus, a true disciple who makes Jesus number one in their life, is, is, is never fully comfortable this side of heaven. Have you ever felt like a stranger in a place that once felt like home? You know, there's a song we sing here sometimes called, Where I Belong. 
Now, I won't sing it to you because I want you to stay here for a few more minutes, but I'll, I'll just share the words with you. Sometimes it feels like I'm watching from the outside. Sometimes it feels like I'm breathing, but am I alive? I, I won't keep searching for answers that aren't here to find. All I know is I'm not home yet. This is not where I belong. Take this world and give me Jesus. This is not where I belong. Yeah. So I was at a really important gathering of, of the larger church last year, and I felt like I no longer fit. I didn't hear things that aligned with what I believed. I didn't sense and feel. Um, I just, it was like I wasn't feeling home anymore, a place where I'd felt home for a lot, a lot of years. And the thing is, we become spiritually complacent when, when we start aligning ourselves too closely to things that aren't necessarily aligned with what God says and with what God wants. They could be groups, they could be systems, they could be politics, they could be lifestyles, whatever it is in the world, whatever it is, when we stop evaluating critically and spiritually with God's perspective in mind, we could be on a slippery slope. When we get too settled with where we are, we could stop thriving in this relationship that is so deep and so rich and so full of joy, but also grace and mercy. When we become spiritually complacent, the, the here on earth takes precedence over the there in heaven. The kingdom of flesh becomes more, uh, much more important than the kingdom of God. Here's a scripture that captures this concept well. 1 John chapter 2. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out the love of the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from him. The world and all it's wanting, wanting, wanting is on its way out, but whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Mm. Number four, we are spiritually satisfied without, without real spiritual awareness. Even though Jesus saved us, when we were spiritually complacent, we just don't understand. We, we don't desire life necessarily with him. Our, our faith gets more focused not on Jesus, but whether we're going to heaven or not. Spiritual complacency helps us to live like, a, like forgiveness of our sin is a one-time transaction rather than a constant repetition of repentance and confession. Our prayers are shallow, more me-centered than God-centered, as we pray for tangible, selfish blessings 
rather than spiritual victories over Satan and his minions and the pain, the disease, the destruction, the death that they bring. Remember the words that the Apostle Paul, that he shared in his letter to the church at Ephesus. This is Ephesians 6, verses 12 through 18 from the message. You know, um, we often think of this as uh, putting on the full armor of God. It reads a little differently like in the NIV, but this is the message. It gives you a little different angle, but it's still the same concept. This is no weekend war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get, every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's Word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Stop resisting God. Don't settle for spiritual complacency. Do all you can to draw close to Christ. We are not pointing fingers. We're talking to ourselves as well. Put Jesus at the center of our lives. That's what it's all about. Allowing Christ to draw us closer and closer to him. Pray without ceasing. We just came upon an idea that we are going to embrace and encourage all of us to do. How about if we all set our, our phone alarms to 12 o'clock noon, and when that alarm goes off, wherever we are, we just stop and pray the Lord's Prayer together. Think about the power if Connection Church, if there's 100 or 200 or 300 or 500 people within a span of around noon, lifting our hearts and lifting our voices and praying the Lord's Prayer. Think about how God would be so pleased when we bend our heart to him. So that's an example of what we can do. Also read the scriptures. Study them. Gobble them up. Ingest them. Make the holy word of God part of who you are and what you do. Worship God like there's no tomorrow because there might not be. Worship him with gladness. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let's sing his praises in the good times and in the bad times, in the tough times, on the mountains and in the valleys, and we all have them. The Jesus says in John, in this world you will have trouble. But he says, but I have overcome. I am with you. I give you peace no matter what. 
Psalm 100 is a great psalm of praise and worship. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures how long? Forever. Say this last line with me. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And know this. God is not complacent about you. Never was, never will be. So let's not be complacent about God. Know that Jesus gave his life for you. Give your, surrender your life to him. Don't resist the love that he unconditionally gives you. It's a gift that we don't even deserve, and yet we often don't accept it. Be open to it. Be open to God's Holy Spirit. Know that, uh, know that God has all you need. Allow him to fill you with all you need. Read his word. Trust his promises as if your life depends on it, because it does. That's the good news, amen? That's the good news. Let's, uh, let's live it. Let's believe it. Let's pray. Most holy God, um, we, we often become complacent. I know I have. Thinking we have it all on our own. Don't need anybody. And that's not true. Because we do need others and we most especially need you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are salvation. You are forgiveness. You love us with everything you've got, including your Son, Jesus the Christ. There's nothing we can do to make that any better other than say thank you and to recognize that you are God and we are not. You are God and we are not. Please help us to stop getting that confused so often. Please help us to meet Christ, our number one, at all times and all places. Please help us to know that uh, you hold us in the palm of your hand and what you have for us is good. In fact, it's very good. We thank you, we praise you, and we glorify your holy name, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All those gathered said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.